0: Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now here is The Wealth Puzzle with Michael Mansfield.
1: Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Mike Mansfield and we've got Tana Pennington here. Happy New Year. It is twenty 20- yes. three. So excited. we made it through twenty twenty two. Somehow, somehow uh, the end result was was interesting at best. You know, it's funny. I, while that video was playing the intro video. I was sitting here watching the news. Of course, and got this this monster drone thing. I mean, this thing looks mm-hmm. like it's as wide as our office <laughs> and it's for UPS and it looks like something from Batman. I, oh. I, it's terrifying to think about that flying at my it's house gonna start delivering
2: packages our packages at me.
1: So I don't know. I was was like, well, that thing's mean looking. Uh, So anyways, obviously, 2022 is in the books. It was a heck of a year. Mm -hmm. I mean, we could spend an hour going through all of the things that happened. I mean, right out of the gates, you got the, the Russian war, you have regulations and policy changes. You have government spending issues and budget bills that can't get passed. You've got hyperinflation peaking out in June. You've got the mm-hmm. feds going ape nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, raising your rates, poison. Yeah. It was an incredible year. Y- you couldn't even, the, the boringness of what a company was doing or what earnings actually were, nobody even cared anymore. The chaos was all in the headlines. And it was a heck of a year. Um, and now we're in 2023. And so hopefully, it, you know, it's always funny. How is it? How is it like, one day and then right oh everything's different it's gonna be so different everything's so different it's not not really the case no (laughs) excuse me now for 2023 what we have to do is we have to focus on on our fed president powell he's Mm -hmm. the man in fact i picked up my fortune magazine this is the investor's guide for 2023 and if anyone can read this it's called the recession playbook i would and not want my
2: face on here, that here,
1: here, yeah yeah here, here's here's the president powell's legacy uh, it's the the man who manufactured the recession we should change the word fortune to uh taking your fortune, fortune. <laughs> uh, you know i i saw that you know and i thought my mm-hmm. goodness that that that's uh depressing at best so thank you uh Thanks, feds. Thanks, man. You know, they're, I, I've, we've criticized them quite a bit on this show for some of the things that they're doing. Obviously, the economists and the information that we follow seem to not jive at all with the way the Federal Reserve works. Um, it appears that in the professional space, way above and beyond Tana and I's intelligent level, is that, you know, the opinion is the Fed is looking in the rearview mirror, they're driving Mm -hmm. backwards in the car, dealing with yesterday's inflation, yesterday's problems, yesterday's anxieties that they Mm -hmm. were, they lowered rates too much when COVID hit. Mm
2: -hmm. They
1: kept them low too long when inflation started picking up. And now they're trying to save face by being tough. And the end of 2022 probably put the biggest bow tie on that theme. You know, when you follow the stock market last year, it was amazing that the stock market goes down for about six months from January to June. It bottoms out in June. And then Mm -hmm. finally, June, inflation's peaking out. The attitude in the market, the rhetoric is changing. Mm -hmm. The market goes up for about two months. And then it's August 15th. And here there's federal Powell. There's the man, your man, you know, um, in Jackson Hole talking. And he basically says, everything sucks. Everything's bad. Nothing's working. I need to cause a lot of pain and misery and we're going to crush small businesses. Mm-hmm. I paraphrase that. So please don't use that as a quote, but that's the way <laughs> Mike heard it. And what happened uh, to the stock market? It crater babied and got mm-hmm. pouty for two months, not because of earnings, not because of companies, not because of economic data, not because of anything. Because Labor the market no, came yeah. out being really unpleasant. Right. And then what happened? By the end of September, this is now the time period. Let's let's uh, toot our own horns. This is like when Tana and I did the video on. We kind of see the bottom for the year, Mm -hmm. and we talked about what we needed in the fourth quarter. In the fourth quarter, we need earnings stability. We need Mm midterm stability. We need inflation declining stability. We needed all these things, and I would grade all three of those things like a C plus. You know, earnings came out. They weren't terrible for the third quarter. That's so that. Yeah, they did okay, which was fine. And then midterms. Uh, I don't know, man. You know, it's like uh, everyone knows what happens in the midterms, and that's a it's a technical win. Technically, we won (laughs) in a sense. So, so you know, give that a C plus. And and then. Yeah, you know, so the market's now going back up for a couple months, right? It's trending back up. It's mm-hmm. making a whole lot of sense and I'm like drooling. I'm like, "Oh man, as soon as the inflation comes out in December, if it's a downside surprise right. again, oh my gosh, it's going to be awesome. The S&P is going to finish the year at 42, 4300. This is going to be uh, mm-hmm. just incredible." Well, it's all Tan and I talk about. So what happens all of a sudden on that Tuesday, inflation comes out. It's slower than exp- lower yep. 7.1% instead of don't hold me to it. Maybe 7.4 projected. And I'm like, Oh, we did it. We did it. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> Now, 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 let me put a little backstory on this real quick. In November, inflation came out with a downside surprise, right? It's supposed to be like 7.8, and it came in at like, I don't know, 7.4, 7.6, mm-hmm. 7. I don't know. I'm getting all these numbers are getting mixed up. The very next day, pal, the man, the myth, the legend. He needs one of those shirts. The um, He comes out, and he's like, awesome. Inflation's trending down, guys. And, and the stock market says hot diggity dog and it keeps going up. And then fast forward to December. Same thing. Inflation surprises to the downside. We're like, oh, it's exactly what we needed. Things are on the right trajectory. Mm-hmm. And the Fed comes out the next day. The Fed, I apologize. The man, the myth, the legend in your lives, Mr. Powell. He comes out and he does his August 15th uh, Jackson Hole speech again. Just says, <sighs> everything's Yeah, Nothing's working. This is terrible news. Ah! And what happens for the last three weeks of the year, instead of it doing what it should do is it's drug addicted to the feds and it decides to go Mm -hmm. now, granted fourth quarter, the market was still up. Um, You know, when you look at the S and P 500, it was certainly up a couple hundred points from the bottom set, you know, right at the end of September, beginning of October, (sighs) you know, but it still puts us in, in a, in a really weird place as we go into 2023, Mm -hmm. you know, why is the stock market down? What, what is going on? And and probably the best way for people to perceive this is the stock market is a forward looking creature. It is looking into the future, trying to make assumptions of what mm-hmm. they think could be going on. And then it starts pricing in those assumptions now. And so one of the hot topics, I mean, hell, it's why this thing's called the recession playbook. That's not a compliment to this guy, by the way. Um, is is everybody is betting there's a recession in 2023. Mm-hmm. Well, there's three scenarios here. What's the scenarios? I don't know. The uh, scenario one is that this guy is smarter than all of you, right? That this guy is going to somehow pull a rabbit out of his hat. And scenario one, the Fed scenario, the PAL scenario, we'll call it, is – Their goal is, can they do massive rate increases in the U.S. economy and bring down inflation without unemployment going up? And if they can, then they say, oh, my gosh, we manufactured this magical soft landing and (laughs) hallelujah, everything's okay." So that's scenario. If that scenario plays out, you know what? S&P 500 will be over 4,800 by the end of the year. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Scenario 2 is now the the we'll say the statistical scenario. The the one that all the smart people are talking about. Um you know, the Bloomberg terminal estimates 100% probability of a light recession in 2023. Now, granted what's funny is recession, the word's confused. Yeah, any well in your opinion, Tana, what is a recession to you today if you had to put thought to it?
2: Um, unemployment rate going up,
0: Okay. definitely.
2: Good. So lots of major layoffs from, oh. you know, big corporations and,
1: right.
2: and, um, definitely decline in the stock market consistently, you know, quarter after quarter, I would say. And, that,
1: and so that's, what's funny is like in the, in the traditional sense of things, You've got those two back-to back quarters of the the economy going mm-hmm. down. Mm-hmm. You've got um, unemployment going up. And so this created a massive debate last year because last year in the first portion of the year we had that. We had two quarters of declining GDP mm-hmm. of the economy, the stock market, everything going down being super sad. But in the same breath, unemployment was also going down. You know, you're like, mm-hmm. oh man this is and so all of a sudden there's this giant debate. it was almost fractured amongst party lines of it's a recession, it's not a recession, it's a recession, it's not a recession. And so we have this weird kind of just somber thing, but in the traditional sense of recession, you've got a couple quarters. So theoretically the first half of this year of economics and things pouting around and going down and unemployment, oh, creeping up. So in that normal scenario, guess what? It's already priced in. The stock market predicts it 100% probability. So one way or another, it's already priced in. So if that's true, stock market probably pouts around for the next six months. And and a reason for the pouting around, here, let me pop up a chart here. Uh, let me hop around here. The reason, if anyone can see this, is these rate increases on the far right of this chart. So this is a, a 10-year chart. So, you know. The feds had no rates after 08 for many years, in 15 they started raising, they raised real slow and gradually, then they crashed them down for COVID, kept rates flat, then they rose them like a missile. A Fed funds rate increase probably takes at least six to eight months to really get in the system and really start working and doing maybe damage. Well, they didn't but start doing these rate increases until last March. And they've done them pretty aggressively since then. And so most of the rate increases that the feds have put in place, nobody even knows what the damage is. It's like we know something's coming, but we don't know what. You know, we don't know how bad it's gonna be or how scary it's gonna be. Right. Um, it's it's kind of like our weather report here in Ventura. Like, you know, they said today it's gonna rain for the next 24 hours, it's gonna be crazy. And I look outside and I can see <laughs> blue patches in the sky, and there's like two drops of water on my car. And it's like I put on my my boots today because I thought I, I'm gonna be slopping be through for rain. giant puddles. And, you know, and that's kind of the issue that we have is, Mm -hmm. is we have this weather report, right? And the weather report is something is coming. Nobody quite knows what it looks like just Mm -hmm. yet. And it's going to take the next four to six months, probably to really just get a final assessment of how damaging were those rate increases actually. If they weren't bad and unemployment doesn't go up, then hallelujah, the stock market goes up like a missile. If they're not bad and unemployment starts just going up a little bit. It goes from 3.7% to 4.5%, something like that. And the economy's slowing down a little bit. Then the reality is the market, stock market's going to ho-hum around. You know, probably it'll probably trend down a little bit, but it'll just ho-hum around this mess for probably the next six months. And then it's like the clouds start to part a little bit. You say, yeah, but at that point, the damage from those rate increases, the mystery of what they are, it's behind us right? And so now we can look forward into 2024 and, and what earnings are going to be. And as the market's looking forward, all of a sudden, what does it do? It goes it starts up. to go up, yeah. right? So, you know, the trajectory of that kind of a statistical outcome is market stinks for the next six months. And then all of a sudden things start to suddenly feel better again. Mm-hmm. Um, scenario three is the feds just threw a stick of dynamite into our world, and when it finally goes off, it makes a huge mess. Let's not focus on
2: that one. So I've had clients call and, and mention that they they feel like what they're experiencing is similar to 2008. <laughs> but I know that that's not true. Because it's a totally different, different details, different situation. I was
1: in middle school in LA. It would not how would you know the um so so not. that's an interesting one so i've heard, i've read that too i see that on the news so technically in 2022 it was the worst stock market decline in since 2008 and so right. all, all of a sudden those anxieties are coming back to people right but when you think about 2008 versus now you can't describe fundamentally different years like fundamentally different years mm-hmm. i mean for example here i probably got some junk in here let me see what you got i got it. CPA ain't going to help that conversation. Savings ain't going to help it. All right. Mortgages. So in 2008, uh, a big part of the economy declining was the right. was prefaced on the idea that the whole mortgage mortgage market was falling apart. Yeah. All the and so like, if I go back into the 08, 09 time period, you had eight. what did this peak out at? Let's see about 9%. You had eight, 9% of mortgages in default. Yeah. In the, in the country in 2008, almost 2% of all mortgages physically defaulted and went into foreclosure. And yet a lot more people trailing behind and doing all that stuff. And so, like, when you think about now, like, what's cool about this chart is this is a 20-year chart of this is mortgage delinquency. So, it's not foreclosures, but it's the same idea that, mm-hmm. look, if you're 90 days behind on your mortgage, something ain't yeah, going well. wrong, right. You should probably pay it. But what's interesting about this is when we look into last year, 2022, remember, According to Tana, the worst, it's the, the,
0: the 08 nightmare.
1: Look at this. Mortgage default rates or, excuse me, delinquency rates were 0.3%. And if I look at this chart for the last 20 years, that's the lowest rate ever. Right. Ever recorded. And what's happened in the last 20 years? We've had some phenomenal bull markets. I mean, even in 2017, you know, a 30% stock market year, the mortgage default rates were 1.6%. Mm-hmm. There, There's nothing on the horizon. You know, people have low mortgages. They have low interest rates. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the mortgage market is very stable. The other thing that caused the 08 crisis was liquidity. Banks ran out of money. There was no liquidity. The 300 banks went out of business. They mm-hmm. couldn't pay the interest on their CDs. Guess what? Ain't no bank in trouble right now. Banks are sitting on mountains of right. money. They, they make their their receptionist chairs out of money to sit in. <laughs> they, they, not. Have, they have so much. <laughs> I was trying to make a point. You had to like, first the ball. I'm sorry, but, but like you're, you're talking about fundamentally different stuff in, yeah. in 2008 corporate profits went down 40% last year. You know, they weren't very good, but they were like single digit positive. I mean, completely different years. Mm-hmm. The reason that 08 was down was once again, all those things that we described Whereas the reason 2022 was down. It wasn't really because of earnings. It wasn't really, because of labor it wasn't because of mortgages it wasn't because of liquidity it was because of the feds doing hyper rate increases trying to fight inflation Here, here's inflation I don't, you want to see your inflation So, uh, I don't know, three years. So let's see. Uh, yeah. So inflation peaked at June of last year at, at 9.6%. Obviously if I go into like a really long-term chart, I I don't have high that inflation that high for 40 years, right? Back into the seventies and eighties. And so that's what caused this year. And so it's tough because remember we're dealing with something and this is, what's the hardest part of all of this is there has never been a lockdown in our economy. Right. Mm -hmm. And there's never been a restarting of the economy that has never happened before. We've never completely dismantled supply chains. Um, Right. You you know, you overlay all of that stuff that's been happening for the last few years. Then with all of this geopolitical garbage, the wars, the relationship issues with China. I mean, no matter where you look, there is just chaos and confusion to some. Those are the things that are causing the the, the poutiness, but this hyperinflation issue is slowly coming under control. I mean, one of the most phenomenal things, US M2, that the Federal Reserve, your boy, your boy, doesn't talk about. How did I go to T Bumble chart? I'm not trying to trick everyone into buying T Mobile. <laughs> Maybe I am. Uh, the US money supply. You know, I mean, I, I've showed everyone a hundred times how this directly impacts inflation. It's literally in the econ 101 definition of money supply, uh, blah, blah, blah. Or does it say? Historically, when the money supply dramatically increases, uh, there's a dramatic increase in cost of stuff. Oh, that's weird. And so what's interesting is we had this dramatic increase in the money supply. And in the last 12 months, it's been going down. It's gone down at the fastest rate ever recorded. Ever recorded, so they've been recording this since the 60s. So it peaked out in March and the U.S. money supply has been been trending down. Mm-hmm. It just went down again. They just updated this about a week ago. I looked at it. And so this is my personal leading indicator on how well we think these CPI inflation reports are going to come out, because as the money supply dries up and all of that, because remember, what is inflation? It's too many dollars in the system right. chasing, chasing too few goods.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. And then, and then Tana goes out and buys all the toilet paper. So now we have a, now we have less goods. People still got all the money, you know? And then she says, well, what about water bottles? Then I need water bottle. Like I, like, I didn't understand the water bottle thing. Like, did everyone's hoses stop working? <laughs> COVID. <laughs> killed the hoses. Uh, no. Didn't you, you drank out of the hose, right? Was that a oh, thing? Or is that absolutely.
2: That when I was, was young, a yes.
1: Like, like, that's how I had to shower. That's how I had to drink. I had all my meals out there in a dog bowl. Oh, dear. But it's amazing to look at how the money supply is is drying up very actively. There was arguments earlier in the year, like when the first downtick happened in April, people said, oh, that's because people had to pay their taxes. So extra money was spent. And when it ticked down in October, people said, oh, well, it's because people had to pay their taxes on extension. But now it ticked down again in November. It's been going down consistently. Mm -hmm. Things are improving. It takes time to heal messes that we created, but the feds have probably gotten too carried away. The mm-hmm. dollar is rewinkering. Commodities have rolled over. The housing market is completely stalled. You know, all of those things are leading indicators if you're looking out the front window of your car of where inflation's going instead of looking out the back window. Mm-hmm. And that's 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 not a criticism, you know, of just me that's the criticism of a lot of people in the industry of the feds are so busy trying to save face they're not really looking at all these tea leaves that okay you know we don't want to keep raising rates too aggressively and and accidentally do too much damage trying to fix the problem right right if if a fly landed on my face so tana decided to squish it with a bat um you know she'd probably wouldn't look the the same well i me i might look the same (laughs) I, you know, <laughs> I I've been described as looking like I got hit with a bat. The, um,
2: <laughs> I would never do that.
1: <laughs> it's, it's my nose. I got a crooked nose. I broke it in high school football, everybody. Just give me a break. <laughs> and it's never been quite right. But, anyways, um, kind of back to the theme, though, on the high level, you know, we, we, hectic 2022, chaotic 23, first half of the year, we think is tumultuous and then you know second half of the year should be pretty opportunistic there's there's a couple of ways to play it right if you believe in the government then you know what you do nothing you hold your equities you hold all of your stuff you don't worry about it this thing should r- fix itself extremely quickly based on the government's opinion of the genius job they're going to do if you believe in the the statistically likely mild recession scenario where market pouts around for the next 6 months and then finds some footing once the all the rate increases are behind us and then mm-hmm. it starts to go up. You got two games to play there. Game 1 is you can say, okay, well, you know what? Why don't we exit some of our risk to the sidelines. And I don't know what that means to you. It's an individual decision. Do you put 20, 25% of your stuff in in cash or something very conservative on the premise that if the market just kind of grinds lower, And, you know, and meaningfully lower, you know, would take a lot on the premise that, you know, in four to six months, you then turn around and you kind of reinvest the money Mm -hmm. and you hope that you timed the market and you you did awesome. Otherwise, the other way to play it is you say, hey, look, you know, the worst is behind us. Twenty twenty two is behind us. Uh, The Fed rate increases are likely pretty much squashed at this point which means now we're just kind of waiting to see how bad the damage was. And then the stuff will start getting back to normal. And so, you know, you just kind of hold, hold out and be patient. And, mm-hmm. you know, once the feds then do the opposite and they announce some kind of rate decrease, you know, then, then you should be buying all your growth stocks, you know, buy some Tesla. <laughs> that was not an investment recommendation. No, it was uh, not past performance does not indicate future results.
2: Right.
1: Yeah. Um, so, Anyways, I, I don't know. I'm just rambling. Sorry, Tana. I didn't mean to talk your head off today. No, it was good. It, it was good it stuff. speaks to how unprepared we are for these shows.
2: I know. We, we did not prepare. <laughs>
1: like, let's get on. Oh, actually, the, the, Tana sent me a, a couple things. I apologize, Tana. Tana's sitting here oh, waiting yes. for her turn. So Tana sent me this, which which I thought was interesting. What do you got here, young yeah, lady? Yeah, so
2: the U- U.S. Household like Excess Savings yeah, um, Peaked out at 2.1 trillion, and that was back in uh, 2021. And then now we're seeing that you know people are dipping into their savings, and so yeah. now it's down to 900 billion.
1: That's funny. What are those spikes
2: from the stimulus programs <gasps> that were rolled <gasps> out
1: during the pandemic? An yes. American uh, yeah, and receive uh, government welfare. Right. So is that crazy? So yeah. uh, that's the these these three spikes are the three different stimulus checks the mm-hmm. government set out. Yep.
0: Hooked us up.
1: How come they don't have the Newsome one in here? They need the new Newsome, uh, <laughs> you know, they call it a middle class tax refund, which is stupid when they gave it to anybody. That was only
2: for California. Probably not being reported
1: on U.S. Wait, I thought only people live in California is there <laughs> people live other places. The, um, so that was interesting, you know, but kind of fascinating how, you know, the government burned a lot of dough, unfortunately, only creating our inflation issues. And now right. people are dipping into their savings. Yep. The other thing Tana sent me was this chart. Yeah, this I is know really this is, cool. This is hard to see. But what this shows is basically almost 100 years of returns in the stock market. Mm-hmm. And um, it's it's funny. And I, like I said, I wish I had a little pointer on here. But like you can see 2022 down on the left side was more than a 20% loss in the stock market. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, pretty bad year. And when you look right. at kind of the statistical skewing of 100 years of returns, basically you can see the zero at the bottom. And so most of the returns happen in the zero to 10%. 10 to 20%, 20 right. to 30%. You have the majority of the returns statistically happening there. Whereas when you when you compare those to how many returns in the last 100 years were 20% losses or greater, it's a pretty small number by right. comparison to yes. the positive returns. But what we were looking at was look at the correlation of, of like values here. Like, for mm-hmm. example, 08 is listed here on the far left. As a 30% larger loss. So mm-hmm. the market was down 37%. But then you come across and 09 was more than a 20% return. Right. 1974. Great mm-hmm. Yeah. Over a 30% loss in 74. Right. But then in 75, over a 20% gain. Mm-hmm. 1937, 30% loss. Then you got 1938, a 30% gain. Mm-hmm. 1931. Is a 30% loss it looks like then followed by 1932, which was a single digit gain. But then 1933 was one of the right. biggest gains ever over 50%. Yeah. And so it's one of those things that that you have to, the best and the worst are always closely correlated. And maybe actually we started the show talking about this where, where, when the market goes down disproportionately bad and it's kind of resetting the clock, normally it goes up disproportionately too. So this might be a choppy year, but the reality is there's history makes a strong mm-hmm. argument that like 2024 could be a phenomenal year in the stock market as things rally back to normal. And so we just need to kind of keep that on our thinking cap. Yes. Um, Big picture. Yes. Pray for rain. Yes. Pray for stock market gains. Pray (laughs) that uh, Russia goes (laughs) away. You know, let's just kind of pray inflation goes down. Let's pray that COVID goes away. There's a lot of things to pray for. Pick your praying poison and peace. (laughs) and peace yes that's why i said russia go away i thought that was kind of the same thing so right but we appreciate everything our listeners our viewers we're going to be way more diligent here in 2023 with our show we're going to be trying to record them every monday morning and try to get them out late in the day monday morning or get the email out tuesday mornings Um, but otherwise if you have any questions concerns call our office 805-500-7035 that's
0: 805-500-7035 and uh, have a nice day. Thank you for listening to The Wealth Puzzle. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Michael Mansfield at the Lind Group. Call 805 500. Seven zero three five, or visit them online at thelindgroup.com. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary, and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources, and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by the Lind Group Advisors LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of California. Insurance products and services are offered through the Lind Group. LC. The Lind Group LLC and the Lind Group Advisors LLC are not affiliated companies. Lind Group LLC, the Lind Group Advisors LLC, and Michael Mansfield are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency.